We're in our fourth uh, and final uh, sermon of the When in Doubt series. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to be here for the entire series, but it has been an amazing, amazing series. God is just doing some incredible stuff. Uh, matter of fact, 1 John 5 and 3, when we look at that, what we've been looking at is this whole idea of what it looks like to trust God. To trust God with our lives. 1 John 5, 3 says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. See, John teaches us who Jesus was, why he came to this earth. If you, if you look at the book of John, it says, In the beginning, right? Doesn't it begin with, In the beginning was God. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then John uh, chapter 1, verse 14, does anybody know what that verse says? And the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. It tells us who He is for us, so that we can make that decision to trust Him, to live for Him, to walk in Him every day of our life. Then we go to 1 John, and when we look in 1 John, that is written to people who have already believed. They've made that decision. They've trusted Jesus that is spelled out in John chapter 1 in that entire book, actually. And then it moves on and says, okay, here's what it looks like to believe. And, and God wants us to know. He wants us to have assurance. He doesn't want you walking around going, boy, I, I hope I'm right. I hope, man, if I, if I get, I don't know why everybody gets hit by a bus, but if I get hit by a bus... I want to know that things are right, you know, and, and that God uh, truly is in, in my heart. And, and the enemy wants us to doubt that. He wants us to doubt our relationship. He doesn't want you to know that you have eternal life. He wants you questioning every day. And God says, I want you to know. Doubt is to your spirit what pain is to your body. How many of you know what pain does to your body? What does it do? It, it'll paralyze you, won't it? I had, a, I had an injury about four years ago uh, to, to my left knee, and I had no idea. Anybody that's ever broken a leg or broken an arm or hurt your knee, I apologize because up until that point, I just thought, man, that, that's all right. You're good. You can still eat. I mean, hey, as long as I can eat, I'm good, right? Um, <laughs> but, but when you hurt yourself like that, when you're in pain, maybe it's my mom has had fibromyalgia for over 25 years. I had no idea the effect that pain has on your body, but it paralyzes you. It debilitates you. And doubt does that to the spirit man. You're constantly in question. You're constantly wondering, am I okay with God? And so the point of this series is to look at how we can be an overcomer in the war of doubt. God doesn't want us living in doubt. It's important to conquer doubt because He wants us to have assurance. Assurance is essential in us serving Him and influencing other people. Uh, unbelievers. God wants those folks that are going to Kentucky to have assurance. that They're going to know that they know who it is that they serve. 
and that he's going to make a difference in the lives of people that they're going to meet. They're not going there just because they don't have anything to do. How many of you are plenty busy in Goldsboro? You got enough to do? Okay, well, there's a lot of you that didn't raise your hand, so I live at 105 Crescent Creek Drive. There's a lot to do there, so you can come on over. But they want assurance. Uh, the other thing that conquering our doubts does is it gives us spiritual confidence. How many of you want to be confident in who you are in Christ? You ever talked to anybody who was confident you were wrong? That's intimidating, isn't it? It's a very intimidating thing, and we need to be confident in who we are in Christ. Let me tell you something about confidence in who you are in Jesus. That doesn't mean you have the answer to every question. You make big mistakes, we make big mistakes as believers when we think, i got to give an answer to everything. I had a guy ask me a question the other day, I'm like, I, man, I don't know. I ain't never thought that deep, <laughs> you know. I don't, I really don't. I, I don't know, and, but here's what I said to him. There are some questions that we have we may not ever get an answer to. He's given us every answer, but we don't always understand it because we see in what? The Bible says we see in part. We don't see everything God sees. So there are some things we're just not going to understand. But I want to have confidence when I talk to someone about Jesus that I can't do anything for you. I may not be able to help you, but I know that Jesus can. And we're going to talk about how we can know that. When I know that I have eternal life, I know that my future is secure. I know I don't have to worry about that. I know that God... When he calls me to trust him with his, with, with, with his money, I, I, was, I said that right. I got, I got paid. I get paid once a month, first of the month. Man, the third is a great time of the month. <laughs> the 25th, my kids don't like me much then because <laughs> they hear a lot of, no, you're going to have to wait. It's not in the budget, you know. But the third is awesome. So, um, but knowing that we are secure, knowing that our future is secure, I can trust God with every penny He has given me. I can walk over to that giving kiosk. I can do what you did just a minute ago and give live and say, God, I trust you with this 10% because I know you gave it all to me. And I know you're far more powerful and far greater than the 10% that I just put in this offering basket. Um, we concentrate when we know on the mission that God has set us in, in the present. Um, we're fruitless when we can't do that. When we live in doubt and we live in fear, we're paralyzed. And when we're paralyzed, we can't move. And we are, we are fruitless in our ability to do what God has called us to do as men and women, boys and girls in His kingdom. And what I mean by that is paralyzed by fear. Paralyzed by this sense of, I, I don't know what to do, so I'll just do nothing. And how many of you know when you just do nothing that you are slipping down this slope of decay into destruction? So we asked three major questions during this series. The first question was uh, of keeping the commandments of God. Am I keeping God's commandments? In John chapter 2 verse 3, in the NASB it says, By this we know we have come to know Him if we keep His commandments. How do we know? We're talking about knowing. We're talking about assurance today. So how do I know if I've come to know Jesus? 
I keep his commandments, right? Um, I'm, I'm, again, from the foothills of northeast Georgia, and they used to say, you know, when they asked you about what kind of people you were hanging around, do they smoke, chew, and go with girls that do, you know? I mean, so when we, we keep his commandments, you know, we're, we're walking according to how God has called us to walk. And so we're going to keep his commandments. If, I, if my children love me, I have four beautiful children God has blessed me with, and, and I know that they, they want to honor me when they do what I ask them to do. Now, i got two girls and two boys, and i got the boys uh, have a hearing issue, okay? They're not deaf by any means, but it's selective, okay? And... Uh, but, but when, we, when we were kids, we honored our parents by doing what they asked us to do. As a child of God, I honor God by obeying His commands in my life and doing what He's called me to do. So that's one of the ways we can know. Another way that we know is, is this question of love. In 1 John three fourteen, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love. The brethren. He who does not love abides in death. God has brought us out of darkness into light, from death to life. And if we don't love one another, if we're not compelled, if the things, here, here's what I pray daily God, the things that break your heart, I pray they break mine. They don't always. I'm human. Okay? I, I, I struggle with that. But that's my prayer. If I know I'm, I'm looking like Jesus, I want the things that break God's heart to break my heart. So we look at this question of love. Loving uh, fellow believers. Loving folks that are in church with us. Loving people outside church. Love is the birthmark of a believer. We're going to love. We're going to show grace. We're going to extend mercy. Anybody needed some mercy today? Anybody needed some grace today? Hey, you got up this morning and got your family here at church. I know what y'all did at home. <laughs> some of you. All right, we're at church now. Y'all act like we love each other. We can get back in the car and finish this when we leave. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I got some of the best whoopings I ever got in my life coming home from church. Um, so we look at the commandment question and the love question, and then that brings us to the, to the third and final question, and that is the question of trust. I'm keeping God's commandments. I'm, I'm doing what He's called me to do there, keeping His commandments. I'm loving other people, but do I really trust him and I want you to look here at uh, this passage of scripture I guess I have a TV right there I can look there first John chapter 5 beginning in verse 10 and one of the things that pastor brought out Thursday night this is the amplified Bible uh, there are all kinds of versions of the Bible that you can get uh, on the internet I mean I have an app on my phone anybody ever heard of Bible Gateway um, I use that all the time, and I left um, my phone, and um, so I got a clock there, though, so I know what time it is. 
But uh, U version, that's another version of the Bible you can get on, online and you can see all these different versions. But the Amplified Bible is amazing because what it does is it, yes, it amplifies what it is we're reading and it's a great tool to use when you're studying the Bible. So 1 John chapter 5 beginning in verse 10 says, The one who believes in the Son of God. So the one who believes, what does that look like? How do we know we believe in the Son of God? Well, he's the one who adheres to, who trusts in, who relies confidently on him as Savior. The person who believes, who does that right there, has the testimony within himself. Because he can speak authoritatively about Christ from his own personal experience. How many of you know if you've experienced something? I, one of the things that I do and Pastor Jeremy does as your campus pastor as well is we do a lot of pastoral care. When you do pastoral care, you're visiting a lot of people in the hospital. You're attending a lot of funerals and conducting a lot of funerals. And one of the things that I've learned to do when someone has suffered loss is to never look at an individual and say, I know how you feel unless I know how they feel. I don't know what it's like to bury a child. I don't. I don't know what it's like. Uh, my mom and dad are both still living. My, my wife is here today. Uh, my mother-in-law and father-in-law are both still living. We know that day's coming if we live long enough. But I can't look at anybody and say, I know how you feel, unless I've been there. So I'm very, very careful. But when I have trusted God, and I'm walking with Him, and I've seen Him move, and I'm going to share a story with you today at the close about something God did in our lives recently. I mean, within the last 48 hours. But man, I can speak authoritatively about who God is and what He's done in my life because I have seen it and experienced it personally. And then we look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, The one who does not believe God in this way has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed in the evidence that God has given us regarding His Son. Next slide. And the testimony is this. God has given us eternal life. We already possess it. When we come to Jesus and we say, God, I recognize that I am a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? Aren't you glad it didn't stop there? All right, you've all sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. Sorry. <laughs> so what does that mean? You're all losers. You're out, I'm out, do the best you can. It doesn't end there. Then we go to Romans 6.23, right? I'm just taking you down the Roman road here for a second. The wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is through Christ Jesus our Lord. He's given us eternal life if we trust Him. And this life is in His Son resulting in our spiritual completeness and eternal companionship with Him. So when we trust Him, we have spiritual complete, 
completeness and eternal companionship with Jesus. And then verse 12. He who has the Son by accepting Him as Lord and Savior has the life. That is, we have eternal life. And he who does not have the Son of God by personal faith does not have the life. Why do we do this week in and week out? Why do we give you tools? Right back there under that sign that says belong, commit, grow, and serve. There are resources back there available to you. Matter of fact, it's the book of John. And it's a four-part study that you can take and uh, either do it yourself or take to a friend. Because we believe with all of our heart. We know. God wants us to know. That's the whole point of this message. So, because we know, we want others to know. We want our family. Who doesn't want, and, and be nice, who doesn't want your family to know? We all do. We want them to have eternal life. We want them to know that change that comes from receiving and accepting Jesus. And then verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus Christ is and does. The name of the Son of God represents everything. That is a powerful statement right there. Everything that He did you and I came gave his life a spotless lamb and he went to the to his crucifixion as one unto slaughter never opened his mouth never objected could you have done that I couldn't have done it oh ho oh, oh, ho oh, you got the wrong guy here you've messed up but he did that for you and I so that we could know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have eternal life. One of the things that we do when we, we just celebrated baptisms here at the church not too many weeks ago. And we always have a baptism class. And one of the things that we are very, um, try to be very clear on is that baptism is an outward sign of something that Jesus has done in your heart. When you're baptized, you've already made a decision for Christ. You already have Him. Through the person of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is already living in your heart. You are saved, to use a very churchy word. You are a believer. It's, it's a lot like, and I'm, I'm going to tell on myself here, Kirsten, and I apologize but I keep my wedding band in a little box in the third drawer of my Chester drawers. And it's in there. <laughs> it's safe, <laughs> but it's not on my finger right now. Because normally when I talk about baptism, I reference the wedding band. If you're married, a wedding band signifies something. It signifies, I have been set apart for this person alone that's who I'm committed to my life everything I'm committed to that person baptism says the same thing for the believer it is an outward expression of an inward change that God has done in your life so why do we call this the trust test why, why don't we say because right there in verse 10 it says the one who believes in the Son of God the reason we go with truth 
And this third point today is because the, the English word believe isn't strong enough. When we, when we see the translation in Greek, trust is a better word in the English language. And so, you know, how many of you have ever seen somebody do, the, do any kind of trust test? I'm ready for my bag there, uh, my brother. Everybody give Ivan a big hand and his helpers because they, they got a big job ahead of them here. <laughs> Anybody ever seen the trust test? You ever seen somebody stand on a stage and somebody's behind them and they say, trust me, um, you know, this is not going to hurt much. Yeah? Ever seen that? Man, it ain't going to be hard for y'all to trust me. I got a volunteer that's coming up, Mr. Jackson Bauer is coming up. Can you give Jackson a big hand as he comes to the stage today? Jackson Bauer, come on down. It's like the price is right. Well, I know he's not going to know this. We asked some of the, the kids in preschool if they had ever seen the Nestle Plunge. How many, how many people know what I'm talking about when I say the Nestle? You remember the commercial where they're drinking Nestle and the guy drinks the, the tea and he goes, ah, oh, so refreshing. He opens his arms up and just falls back into the pool because it's just that good. That's good tea, okay? Go get you some today. Well, I want, it was flatter in the preschool room. This thing, I need to, I need to help it out a little bit. This, um, what I want Jackson to do is I want him to trust me. I want Jackson this morning to do the nest tea plunge for me. And I want him to stand right here. Say hey to everybody, Jackson. Mom and dad are here, yeah, the, we, got, we got the car running just in case, we need to, you know, you missed or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to tell you something, man, if you miss that, there's, there's a problem, okay, you know, uh, that, that not, you'll have earned it, okay, so, um, so what I want you to do is I want you to hold your arms out just like this, I want you to look back, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to kick me, and I want you to just fall right into that thing right now. Hey, he did it, and he didn't get hurt. <laughs> All right, that was awesome. Thank you, Jackson. I can't move this thing. There are some, some preschoolers inside that beanbag. <laughs> All right, I appreciate that, Jackson. Um, in my mind, that bag looked a little bit different, so, but, <laughs> oh well. Um, but he trusted me. Jackson trusted me that that thing, of course, he could see that that thing was fluffy enough that when he fell into it, he was not going to be injured. He was not going to be hurt. And oftentimes in our relationship, in our walk with God, um, Trust is like that. A lot of times, it, it's, it's like um, Indiana Jones. I don't know which one it was, the Temple of Doom. or what, But you remember the scene in the movie where there, there's this great chasm, and I think they're going to try to get the Holy Grail and all this stuff, and they, they step out. He steps out on what? Nothing. And what does he find there? A bridge. It's invisible. 
Don't try that at home, okay? There aren't any of those. But I tell you what there is. There's a God. Thomas touched the wounds in his hand, the wound in his side. He said, you see and you believe. How much more blessed is it for those who have not seen? And they take that step and they trust him and they find him there. That's who God is for you today. That's what he wants for you today. He wants us to trust him at that level, to know. And, and he wants us in, in the now to do that. He doesn't want us, you know, a lot of times we, we look back and, and we need to exercise our faith and, and look back sometimes and say, man, God's been good. I remember there was a time back here where God was faithful and we have the evidence of experience and that historical um, stuff that we can go back to and say, God, thank you for that. But God wants us to believe in the now. To trust Him in the now. It's like going to somebody and saying, Hey man, are you, are you a Christian? I love it when I ask people that question. Hey, do you, are you a follower of Jesus? Well, I go to such and such church. Okay. That's not what I asked you. Are you a follower of Jesus? Well, when I was uh, eight years old, I was baptized in Martin Baptist Church. On a Sunday morning, it was beautiful, it was sunny, I remember who was there. That's not what I asked you. Do you believe? Are you trusting Him? Are you walking that faith out right now? God wants us to trust Him with our lives. He wants us to, to know Him in a very personal way. You know, my, my daughter is here tonight sitting on the back row and I told her before this message began I'm sorry I don't have a clip and this thing keeps pulling so I'm going to use you as an as as an illustration today I try not to do that very often so my kids don't get mad at me but God did something amazing in our lives two days ago I have an older daughter I have a 20 year old child I know it's impossible I'm way too young I have a 20-year-old child who lives in New York City. And um, New York City. Uh, my youngest daughter here, Mackenzie, has been planning to go see her sister for months. Saved up her money, got everything together. Everything was perfect. And Friday afternoon, got on an airplane. She's 16 years old. I mean, she's, you know, she drives around. She's old enough to get on an airplane. But she had never flown by herself. Well, she had a connection in Washington, D.C. I don't know if you saw the weather in New York City on Friday. I would not have a reason to look at it other than I've got a very good reason to look at it every day. <laughs> Make sure I'm taking care of my baby up there. Well, they had a tornado warning in, in uh, New York. So she gets on a plane in her connection and is going to head up to New York City and sits on the airplane. Anybody ever done that? Four and a half hours on the tarmac. <laughs> Not cool. So she's just, ah, she's so frustrated. She's so ready to go. And, and they just, uh, it's going to be a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Well, then they 
cancel her flight to New York City. It's 7 o'clock at night. On Friday, she's in Washington, D.C. by herself. We don't have family up there. We don't know anybody up there. I'm like, okay. I, don't, I didn't even know what airport she was at until mom. Of course, mom knew. <laughs> she told me what airport she was at. Well, insult to injury, when we dropped her off at the airport, mom looks in the back seat of the car. Her charger for her cell phone had fallen out of her bag. So not only was she up there stuck, but she didn't have her cell phone charger, the lifeline. So, you know, I was wigging out a little bit, but you can imagine, Mama. You know, Mama, you've toted this child for nine months. Mama, don't let anybody mess with my youngin', Mama. And she's just, uh, you know. And um, so we're like, okay, well, let's get, we got everybody working. So we're, we're talking to her, and she's upset, and she's crying, and mostly because she's not going to get to continue her trip, but she's also up there all by herself. You ever been in a place totally out of your control in life where you felt completely alone, that no one was there to help you. You were in a foreign place and you had no idea what to do and that none of it was your fault. And you're like, what in the world? What am I going to do? You ever been there? Maybe you're there this morning. Well, we began to pray. My, my wife and my mother-in-law began to pray. We knew she was scared and disappointed and running quickly out of a way to communicate with us. But she prayed very specifically. I love to see my wife exercise her faith. She said, God, I pray that you surround my daughter, my baby. Y'all seen that car commercial where the guy puts his daughter in the, in the, in the car? It's an insurance commercial. And she's like four. <laughs> but she's really 17 years old. That's what I see every time I look at Mackenzie. That's a little four-year-old baby in the airport up there. I got the help. So she prays, surround her with believers. Send someone to her aid that she knows. How in the world, God, are you going to do that? We don't know anybody. At um, Reagan International, is that what it was? And then lastly, send her home on private transportation. I mean, that's a bold prayer because we, here's what Daddy said. Hey, baby, I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but you ain't spending the night in that airport because Daddy's going to come up there and get you if he has to. So we tried this thing, and it fell through. We tried that thing, and it fell. Every flight that would get changed and she would get put on, it, she was bumped and bumped and bumped and bumped for days. She had a, a Friday flight that got bumped to Sunday. Today, we're going to, you know, we'll get you out of here today. No, <laughs> you're not. So me seeing here, I'm like, okay, we're going to go. We're going to do that. We're going we're gonna to make it happen. We're going to get it done. And we're going to get that baby back. I'm going to ride in like John Wayne, son. And I'm going to get my baby. You know? I'm going to tell you now, don't mess, don't mess with my baby. I'm going to come in there. So we're, you know, everything we thought we had it worked out, it wasn't worked out. And, and this went on for like three hours. It was a nightmare. Friday night was not fun. 
So I ride up to the church because I'm a tightwad. I've got data on my phone, but I'm like, man, I'm going to get our GPS, and we're just going to go to Washington. We're driving to Washington, D.C. tonight. Right now, we're leaving. i got to get my baby. And I go in, and I'm picking it up, and I'm kind of arranging everything, and my wife comes running in, and she says, Stop! Hold the press! Don't do anything else. Got to change your plans. All right? Remember that bold prayer I told you she prayed? We want a private transportation surrounded by Christians and help her come home with somebody she knows? What? Okay, yeah, that'll work because I'm going to go get her. She knows me. I feed her every day. Yeah, all right, that'll work. That one was probably easy. That was not as big a stretch. Well, she had text Pastor Gage. Pastor Gage's mom and another lady are really, really good friends of my wife, along with several of you in here. And she texted them and said, look, I just need you to be praying. We're, we're about to drive to Washington, D.C. We've got to go pick up our daughter. How many of you know where Reston, Virginia is? It's like 15 miles from Washington, D.C. She sends that text. Get, uh, Pastor Gage, I almost did it again. Pastor Gage's mom calls her up and says, you do understand that half of the leadership team from Bethel Church right across town here is in Reston, Virginia at a conference. And guess when they're coming home? Well, I don't know. Tomorrow. Matter of fact, Pastor Gage's sister is there with them and she's staying in a hotel room that's got two queen beds and she's all by herself. Now... Y'all's jaw is not far enough down on the ground right now. Because I'm going, oh, putting it back up. Are you kidding me? Pastor, and, and you know, we say it all the time, and it's absolutely true. we got amazing churches in our community, and we're in competition with none of them. None of them. We work in conjunction with and in cooperation with them. Pastor Steve Holder, the senior pastor of the church, calls me up says, Hey, Andy, look, I want to let you know, man, you get your daughter to Uber a car, get it to the hotel. Don't worry about one other thing. Had a, had a cheeseburger from a swanky restaurant waiting on her when she got there. Now, why do I tell you that story? And I'm closing. I, I apologize. I went longer than I intended. We, we shared this series because we want Christians who are battling doubt to understand something. God wants you to know. And I told my daughter, and it was kind of funny, when she was trying to do the Uber thing, she sent me a text back and said, Daddy, I don't know, I can't do it, can you do it for me? I said, no, baby, because it uses the GPS on your phone. Is there anybody in the airport? Can I tell this story? Is there anybody in the airport? This is how upset she was. Is there anybody in the airport that can help you? She said, no, there's nobody. There's nobody. It's just a bunch of police standing around. <laughs> no joke. This is what I did. Hey, baby, take your phone to the cop and let me talk to him. <laughs> That's what they're there for. <laughs> I love you, baby. I owe you big time. <laughs> when we're going through stuff, when you're facing the trials and struggles in your life, the ones you're facing right now, 
and you're praying and it feels like nothing's happening. I told her, I said, God gave us a unique opportunity to, do, to get a glimpse into how he works. She's sitting at the airport without a car charger or a phone charger. Running out of time and running out of money and didn't know what in the world to do. And the whole time she's sitting there just saying, God, I don't know what you're going to do. Please help me. God's working. He's moving. And look, I had a plan. And guess who had a better one than me? I got to sleep Friday night. <laughs> and she got home safe. Can I tell you something? When you pray, if you're doubting your relationship with God, if you're doubting His love for you because you've been praying about something and it just hadn't been happening and nothing's been moving and you can't see anything but darkness, He is working and He is moving and He is developing a strategy for you that is better. Ephesians 3.20 when we come to Jesus, when we ask Him for something, He will give us, He will answer that prayer with something greater than we could ever ask or think about. We didn't know how He was going to do it, but He did it. And He will do it in your life. When you doubt, trust Him and know that He is working. He's working now. And I don't know who that's for today, but I believe with all my heart, we didn't go through that Friday for nothing. Somebody in here needs to hear that. God is working on your behalf, and He's going to make it happen. And I'm telling you, you don't know how, and you can't see the way out. But what He's going to do is going to blow your mind. Trust Him. He's working where you can't see. And the other reason we wanted to do this series is because we want you to understand, too, that, you know, you might, you might be here today and think, hey, because I go to church every Sunday, I'm good to go. No, you're not. Going to church every Sunday doesn't make you a believer any more than going to McDonald's makes you a happy meal. You have to have a relationship with Jesus. And so that's my prayer for you today. Would you stand with me as we close?